This is the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, the host and creator of this podcast that takes a look back at some of Bakersfield's most notorious crimes, events, and characters. Thank you for tuning in to listen to another Notorious Bakersfield story. Remember to follow this podcast's social media pages. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to us on whichever podcast app you use to listen to podcasts. Notorious Bakersfield is on Apple, Spotify, Google, every podcast app that's available. If you'd like to email me with suggestions for stories you'd like me to cover, email me at NotoriousBakersfield at gmail.com or go to NotoriousBakersfield.com and contact me through the website. That music means it's time for listener questions. But I didn't get any listener questions this week. If you have a question you'd like to ask me, send me a voice message. Go to NotoriousBakersfield.com, look for the microphone icon, press it, and record your message. If you do this on your phone, it may not work. If that happens, go to a computer and try it there. NotoriousBakersfield.com, click the microphone icon, and ask your question. Your voice could be on a future Notorious Bakersfield episode. There's no denying 31-year-old Tony Azevedo was a hard worker. He held down three part-time jobs. He worked for a parts manufacturer and two fat sandwiches. And at night, he worked at Bakersfield's oldest pizza parlor, Pizzaville, USA, on Oak Street. At Pizzaville, Tony did it all. After five years of working at the restaurant, he was adept with most tasks involved with working in a pizza parlor. Dishwasher, cook, he was as comfortable pushing pizzas into the oven as he was pouring pitchers of beer behind the bar. But the part of the job that gave him the most pleasure was that of delivery driver. He just really liked delivering pizzas. It gave him a sense of freedom, especially on a Friday or Saturday night when the restaurant was busy. He could jump in his pickup truck, turn the radio on, listen to the music, mostly Led Zeppelin, and get a reprieve from the chaos that was happening at the restaurant. On a Saturday night in February 1996, a delivery order was phoned in to the iconic Oak Street Pizza Parlor. Two large pepperoni pizzas, extra cheese. Tony looked at the ticket. He saw the customer asked for extra cheese. He opened the oven to double check. He thought it needed more cheese, so he added some. Slid them back in the oven and let them finish cooking. Sadly, the customers wouldn't appreciate this this attention to detail Tony gave to their order. In fact, these weren't customers at all. The people who called in this order were thieves and murderers who had no intention of even paying 
for the order. This is deadly pizza delivery. Bob and Betty Azevedo couldn't have children. They were desperate to have children because, as Betty put it, they had so much love to give. So in the mid-1960s, they adopted two-and-a-half-year-old Antonio, or as most people called him, Tony. Tony attended Cardin Grammar School through eighth grade, then went on to Garces Memorial High School. When he graduated from high school in 1982, he began his college education at Bakersfield College. He attended BC for two years. From there, he went on to attend Fresno State, where he graduated in 1988. He'd only been out of college a few years when he went to work at Pizzaville, USA. For the few people who don't know about Pizzaville, it's a Bakersfield institution. Established in 1961, Pizzaville is an old-school, family-owned pizza parlor. If you like thin-crust pizza, Pizzaville is the best in Bakersfield. You'd think working at a pizza parlor would be beneath a young man with a college education, but it was a job that Tony was well-suited for. The quiet young man with a slight build was a reliable employee. Pizzaville owner Robert Green didn't have to worry about Tony showing up or being late for his shifts. If he was on the schedule, Robert could count on Tony being there. He'd come to the restaurant ready to work no matter what job he was doing that shift. Like I said at the beginning, Tony really enjoyed doing deliveries. This part of the job made it possible for him to escape the craziness of the restaurant. He'd slide behind the wheel of his silver pickup, listen to some tunes while navigating his routes. He got to know the regular customers by name and order. Often, he could match a name to an order before ever reading the name on the ticket. The frequent customers got where they knew their orders would be on time and oven hot if Tony was delivering. In the evening of February 24, 1996, 15-year-old Johnny Flores was home alone. His mother was at a barbecue, so, so Johnny called his 21-year-old cousin, Anthony Irachetta. After smoking some marijuana, Flores and Irachetta got the munchies. The two were hungry for some pizza, but neither one had any money. Around 7.30 p.m., Flores walked across Wilson Road to use the payphone at the library. He called Pizzaville to order two large pepperoni pizzas with extra cheese. Flores gave a false address. It was the address to the house across the street from his own on Marshall Street near Wilson Road. $29.84 was the total. Flores and Irachetta strategically planned to ambush whoever delivered the pizza. The false address Flores gave was not only across the street from his own house, the address was adjacent to an alley. At about 8.05 p.m., just as his would-be attacker's plan, Tony arrived at the address on Marshall Street near the dark alley. 
He got out of his pickup with the two large pepperoni pizzas and a money bag. As Tony walked from his pickup to the delivery address, Iricetta stepped out of the shadows of the alley holding a baseball bat. He approached Tony from behind and swung, hitting Tony across his back. When Tony dropped the pizzas he was carrying, 15-year-old Johnny Flores stepped in front of Tony. He instinctively reached out to grab Flores. The teenager plunged a steak knife into Tony's chest. Neighbors on Marshall Street heard the yelling for help. They looked outside to see somebody lying on a front lawn. They saw him stand up and stagger to a pickup. He started the truck, put it in gear. In a rush to escape, Tony apparently lost consciousness. He crashed into a house on the corner of Marshall and Wilson Road. After ambushing the pizza delivery man, Flores and Irichetta picked up one of the pizzas and ate it as they walked down the alley, away from the crime scene. Tony Azaveda died after arriving at Mercy Hospital. He was 31 years old. He was survived by his parents, Bob and Betty Azevedo. He'd been employed at Pizzaville for five years. Four days after his death, a funeral service was held at Hillcrest Mortuary Chapel. Afterwards, friends, family, and co-workers gathered at Pizzaville to remember Antonio Tony Azevedo. Bakersfield police detectives collected telephone logs to the restaurant that night. They traced the call for the two large pepperoni pizzas to a payphone at the library on Wilson Road. They then started looking at the criminal records of residents in the neighborhood where Tony was murdered. This criminal record search turned up Johnny Flores, a 15-year-old with a lengthy and recent juvenile record. Flores was a sophomore at Bakersfield High School. At the time, he was on probation for assault with a deadly weapon. From 1993 to 1996, the minor had six brushes with the law. Under intense questioning from authorities, Flores confessed to the crime. During this interrogation, Flores implicated Anthony Iracheta, his 21-year-old cousin, as an accomplice. Flores told investigators that he and Irichetta got the munchies after getting high. Since neither one had any money, they concocted this plan to rob the person delivering the pizza. Knowing their residential phone could easily be traced, Flores placed the order by using a payphone near his house. They also targeted Tony personally. Somehow they were familiar with Tony. Maybe Tony had done a delivery for him before. I'm not, I'm not sure, but that's the only thing I can think of. But somehow they knew Tony had a slight build and felt he'd be an easy target to rob. Johnny Flores was arrested and pleaded innocent. When Bakersfield police went to question Iracheta, the accomplice, he was nowhere to be found. Since Flores was under 18, 
the youth faced a hearing to determine if he was fit to be prosecuted as an adult. Superior Court Judge Stephen Gildner ordered the media not to publish or broadcast Flores's name. The Bakersfield Californian defied this order. They justified this by citing a recent appeals court ruling that prohibited judges from issuing such orders on the First and Fourteenth Amendments of the U.S. Constitution. The hearing to determine Flores' fitness to be tried in the juvenile justice system lasted two days. In the end, it was determined that the teen was unfit for juvenile court, making him eligible to be tried as an adult. The juvenile court judge cited the elaborate planning that went into this crime as a basis for determining the defendant should be prosecuted as an adult. Meanwhile, investigators received a tip through the secret witness program informing them that Anthony Iracheta, the accomplice in the murder, was in Texas. Texas authorities arrested the wanted man. Bakersfield police traveled to Texas and brought him back to Bakersfield to face robbery and murder charges. The two accused murderers were tried separately. Johnny Flores's trial began in October 1996. It only took the jury two hours of deliberation to find Johnny Flores guilty of first-degree murder, robbery, and assault with a deadly weapon. After the verdict was read, Bob and Betty Azevedo, Tony's parents, cried with relief, relieved that one of their son's murderers would be punished for killing their only child. Johnny Flores, who had turned 16 while in jail, waiting trial, was sentenced to 26 years to life in prison. Anthony Iracheta, Flores's cousin and accused accomplice in the crime, also went on trial, separately. The jury for Iracheta's trial was hung. He remained in custody to stand trial a second time. Almost a year to the day Tony Azevedo was murdered, his family could finally breathe a sigh of relief. Unlike the jury in Irichetta's previous trial, this panel of jurors was able to reach a guilty verdict. I searched the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation website, looking to see if Johnny Flores and Anthony Irichetta are still in prison. It appears Iracheta is no longer incarcerated. He was either paroled or he's deceased. I don't know, but he's not on their website. If anybody knows, they can let me know. According to California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation website, Flores is still in custody. He is currently in the R.J. Donovan facility and was eligible for parole in 2019. He hasn't been paroled but he is or was eligible. I'm sure he comes up for the parole board every so so many years. Pizzaville is still in business, still serving up those thin crust pizzas they've been doing since 1961. However, if you order a pizza from this establishment, expect to eat it there, pick it up, or have restaurant runner deliver it for you. 
Soon after Tony's death, Robert Green, the owner of Pizzaville, discontinued delivery service. He felt the risk to the employees was just too great. It's been 26 years since this awful tragedy, and it's still Pizzaville's policy today. Like I said, Restaurant Runner will still do the delivery, just not an employee of Pizzaville. Resources used to research this story, the Bakersfield Californian. This is Robert Peterson. Thank you for tuning in. I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with another notorious Bakersfield story. Have a good week.